Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Good morning. It's good to see everyone. It's a very sunny day in Austin. Um, so before I start the Dharma talk, I would like to hand it over to Lori for an announcement. Um, yeah, I just wanted to explain the way we're doing a new experiment for practice discussion. And that is that um, you sign up, you can sign up online where you sign up for practice discussion anyway. And, um, so, for example, whoever's offering practice discussion, which it's for me during this week from Tuesday through Friday, um, you would go under my name and then do online. If you're going to be online, if you're here, you put on site, and then you can sign up for it. So you, it, you have to sign up 24 hours in advance. So it kind of rules out some spontaneity, but um, anyway, that's kind of we've got we would try it that way just so we can have a way to do it where we wouldn't have voices talking in the middle of our sitting or that kind of thing. So, so that's the new one. Does anybody have any questions about that? Where do you go on the website to sign up? Where is it? Okay, so it's if you go onto the website, to the Appalachian website, and you go to where menu is, you click on menu for um, menu, and then a calendar will come down. And it's got four options. It has practice discussion, scheduling for practice discussion. It has facilities. It has a couple other options. So, but you would go into the practice discussion scheduling link. And in that, you look for um, my name, and then you sign up there. Is that clear? Yeah. Thank you. So again, good morning. Um, it's good to see everyone. Um, I'll try to keep my voice loud enough. Um, I wanted to spend some time this morning with the road chant. I really have this idea that um, so many of the chants that we do on a regular basis, either never we never get intimate with we never spend a lot of time actually thinking about we say them in the morning or we say them at certain times but we don't um, i certainly don't from the beginning spend a lot of time thinking about okay what does this mean what does this phrase what is liberation what is a formless field and really thinking about for me in my life what does this evoke? So I wanted to, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot. And I know I did that with the Metta Sutta the last time I gave a Dharma talk. And I wanted to do that with the road chant. Um, so 
Maria, are you the monitor, the online monitor? Yes, yes, I am, Anne. Yeah. Do you mind um, at some point in the presentation, actually now would be good because what I wanted to do was put up the rogue chant, which is on page one of the chant book and have us do the rogue chant again. This is a chant that we uh, say every morning before we sit. So it is the chant that is intended or partly intended to be um, about the Rakasu or in a more formal Zendo about the Kesa or the robe that's put on. So that's one aspect of this chant. It's used before you put on um, your robe or your Rakasu. It's also um, as most, I mean, I was thinking about, okay, what are the purpose of chants? You know, especially one we do before we start sitting. Why are we doing this? What does it provide for us? And it's funny, I was talking to um, my mom and my sister about this and kind of practicing this talk and my mom was said, oh, you mean like the Aggie chant? <laughs> like, no, no, I was like, no, 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 no. And then I started thinking about it, thinking, well, okay, yeah, there's a lot of the same stuff. Um, I think that when we chant, we chant together in this, in this uh, Zendo. We chant and we make an effort to stay together so it it has the purpose of joining us aligning us as a group um i think this chant particularly helps us uh, voice an intention or attest our vow about what we're doing and why we're doing it and maybe we can think about that when we say this verse of the robe we'll say it three times um, we don't need the bells or anything, I don't think. Um, I think also it helps to align our body and our mind and our breath to be saying something out loud with a bunch of other people and trying to stay together. Um, it's, it's also a real break from our silent sitting. You know, this it's something a little different. It's another mindfulness practice of paying attention to there's so many things to pay attention to in the chanting your sound I mean, that you want to be together with other people also the words uh, you can think about pay attention to what do the words mean to you um, what does it bring up for you watch your mind I certainly watch my mind if I, I don't, if something doesn't fit with my way of thinking in the chant, um, then I can watch myself sort of arguing and wanting to rewrite the chant. Um, and so it evokes habits of mind, certainly because it, it involves thinking. Um, and then sometimes you're able, I'm able to say a chant without that part without the thinking part. 
I know a lot of uh, Zendo's chant in Japanese, and that has a really different effect. I mean, it does have the effect of aligning your body and your mind and your breath and with the other people in the room. But when I chant in Japanese, I don't get the thinking part because I don't speak Japanese. And um, so the words are just sounds to me. And then there's the paying attention to the body. What does it feel like making this sound? What does it feel like breathing in order to do this in a certain rhythm? But I do really feel like this verse of the robe uh, sets the tone, sets an intention for what we're about to do. So it's, it's very interesting reading about the history of the robe or the rakasu and this chant, um, the story is that Dogen Zenji, uh, one of our founders, one of the founders of the uh, Soto school, the Zen school in Japan, when he was young and studying, he went to China and he had read and heard about the verse of the robe and putting the robe in its envelope, its envelope on your on the the meditator's head and saying the robe chant and then taking the unwrapping the robe. At, or the rakasu and putting it on. In the story, the first time that Dogen was in, in China and saw this, he was deeply moved. He was moved to tears. He thought it was a gracious practice and he vowed to take it back to Japan. So that's the story or one story about how that got passed on from China to Japan then to the United States. It's, it was interesting to me to learn that in China, this was done after sitting. It wasn't done in preparation for sitting, but it was done before people put on their case of their robes. So evidently they didn't put them on before they started sitting. Just a little historical note, um, but yeah. So what I'd like to have us do is chant together um, and Maria will mute everybody because there's a small um, delay. delay so it but you'll be able to hear the chant from here and chant yourself and be aware of those particular aspects or whatever comes to mind for you either paying attention to the words or the sounds, the feelings of creating the sounds, um, just what you what you notice while we're chanting. And then I'll spend a little time talking about my thoughts about the chant. And um, then we'll do a little bit, we'll break up into small groups and um, do a little bit of writing and sharing talking and then come back together um, 
and then we'll do our chanting and our bowing. So here we go. Okay. And it's traditional to put your hands in gasho or in bowing posture when you chant this verse. So. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Thank you, Maria. Um, so I wanted to kind of deconstruct this and just talk about, we've got the chant books here and if you've got the chant books, I don't know, do you guys, would you like to have it back up on the screen so you can watch? You can think about it, okay. Yeah, Maria, if we could put it back up. So the verse of the robe, so right off the bat, you know, it's about the robe or the rakasu. Um, a robe is a symbol in so many traditions. And to think about a robe, it's a garment, but it's a magnificent ceremonial very protective garment, almost like armor in a way, protect you from the rain and the cold and the sun. Um, so it's a, it's a verse about not only a garment, but about something that's protective, something that gives us refuge, something that uh, is grand in some way. So the first line, vast, is the robe of liberation. I love this line. I love, vast is not a word we say very often. It's a, it's a great word. And to me, it's huge. It's boundless. Another word is boundless. Um, it includes everything. It's vast. It's, it's huger than huge, is the robe of liberation. So that phrase, the robe of liberation, can really think about what, liberation from what? Liberation is, seems like a positive thing. We all think, yeah, liberation, that's a good thing. That's, a, that's something I would want. Um, and in Buddhist terms, we can think of liberation from our ancient twisted karma, our delusion, our self-centered dream. So there's a protective garment 
that's huge that's protecting us or helping us achieve freedom. It's a robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. To me, the first word that stands out in that line is benefaction. And um, it's very interesting, preparing for this talk, I looked at a lot of versions from different sanghas of this chant, the verse of the robe. And some sanghas reference uh, a field of virtue, or some sanghas reference uh, the benefaction but some don't. The benefaction to me has a positive valence, like this field is a positive thing, um, beneficent. There is this formless, huge, all-inclusive space of um, goodness, benefaction. It's formless. This going back to the formless field this to me refers to form and formlessness um, going back to the heart sutra no form no formlessness so the a basic paradox in zen or in buddhism that there is form there is formlessness. There's not two, not one. Um, how is that? It's, it's definitely a con. How does that, how does that exist? And to think about it more right here, right now, how is that in my life? What is, how do I notice that in my life? Is there something that both is and is not kind of at the same time? Um, so if the formless field to me speaks to the field doesn't have any particular way of being. It doesn't look or shape or sound or exist in a particular way is formless, but it's beneficent. And then the line wearing the universal teaching. Wearing, we're talking about a garment, we're talking about a robe, or by um, extension, a rakasu. And we're wearing a teaching. So we're talking about the teaching as the garment. Um, and it's a universal teaching. To me, this is speaking directly to Buddhist teaching, but not saying a Buddhist teaching, not even defining it that narrowly, but saying a universal teaching, that there's something that is a universal teaching. And it's something that refers back to the robe. So the robe is also the universal teaching. It's a robe of liberation. It's a robe of universal teaching. Perhaps the universal teaching provides the liberation. 
it's also a formless field of benefaction. So it's also vast. Um, and it's something we can put on. I have a little trouble with this because the, the verbiage put on kind of implies that something that seems not like what I associate with my Zen practice. It is something that wearing my rakasu, I'm more aware of, of my vow, of the life I would like to leave, lead. Um, but I don't feel like the idea, the image of taking it off, taking off my rakasu or taking off something that I wear is really appropriate to our Buddhist practice. But um, referring to the robe and Dogen's, let's see, Dogen's descriptions of the robe are very poetic. I mean, he describes it in very different ways, um, lots of different ways of saying that it's a wonderful thing. Um, we should understand that the kesa, another word for robe, is what all Buddhas have respected and taken refuge in. It is the robe, oh no, the kesa is the Buddha's body and the Buddha's mind. I love that. The kesa, the robe, the rakasu is the Buddha's mind is the Buddha's body. It's great because when we make a robe or a rakasu, we do, we have this embodied thing, we have this material form. And to see it as Buddha's body, um, and then what we've put into it with our mind, with each stitch, we've said the mantra, I take refuge in Buddha, I take refuge in Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. So it's also the Buddha's mind. Our Rakasu is imbued with Buddha's mind. Um, so we are wearing Buddha's mind and Buddha's body. I realize the one true nature. So putting this garment on this garment that's vast and um, beneficent. It's and is of universal teaching. I realize the one true nature. So wearing the universal teaching, wearing the robe, I realize something, something big, something that I'm searching for. Um, the one true nature. What is that? What is the one true nature? We can think about the Buddhist three marks of existence, the three things that all thoughts and emotions and actions, all things share, which is impermanence, 
and no self or interdependence and suffering or dissatisfaction. So perhaps that those three marks of existence are part of the one true nature that those things are part of our lives. They form a foundation of what exists. No self, there is no abiding self. Everything is changing all the time. Impermanence, again, nothing stays the same. And dissatisfaction, we're we want things to be different than they are. There is many times in our lives a wish that something could be other than it is right this moment. And how precious it is for the moments when that's not the case, when this is sufficient, when this moment is enough. And savored. I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Wow, that's that's a big order for putting on a robe. You're harmonizing all being. All these other things have happened. You've realized the one true nature. You're you're got this garment of universal teaching. Um, but because of these things, the end, the end product or the end um, event is I'm harmonizing all being, which sounds wonderful. Sounds like our vow. Um, so we are affirming our vow. This is what I'm doing. When I sit down to Zazen, when I awake for the day, when I meet every other person, when I take an action, I'm attempting to fulfill my vow of harmonizing all beings. Let me read a few of the other translations of this so you can get a sense of just how people have seen it different ways. Um, the, the form that we use at Akamata comes pretty directly from Joko Beck. Um, Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the one, wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonize all being. So that comes from Joko Beck, that translation from Ordinary Mind Sendo. Um, what it comes from the San Francisco Zen school 
is great robe of liberation, field far beyond form and emptiness, wearing the Tathagata's teaching, saving all beings. Tathagata is another word for Buddha. Um, so that chant doesn't reference benefaction at all. Kind of packs it all into the Tathagata's teaching. Um, doesn't talk about harmonizing all being, it talks about saving all being. Another one is great robe of liberation, virtuous field far beyond form and emptiness. Wearing the Tathagata's teaching, I vow to save all beings. Another one. Now we open Buddha's robe, a field beyond form and emptiness. The Tathagata's teaching for all beings. So very slight differences um, we always get the teaching, we always get the robe, we always get the all beings or the um, yeah, harmonizing all being. So what I'd like to do now is um, if you can grab something, some writing utensils, what I'd like to have us do is to break up into small groups we can do twos and threes, Maria, I think. Um, and spend maybe five minutes translating the verse for yourself. Um, what you feel like the verse is saying. Or what you, what your intention is when you sit down to sit or start for the day from a Buddhist point of view. Um, and then we'll spend a little bit of time sharing those and talking in our small groups about what the chant as it stands at Apamata evokes for us, what it, what it brings up for us, and then sharing our own versions of that, what that is. And then we'll come back in a large group. I think five minutes for writing five minutes for sharing um, and then we'll come back and we'll um, share in a larger group so we'll take 10 minutes off writing and sharing So before we um, share about what we wrote and thought, I wanted to read a little piece from um, the book Living by Vow by Shohako Okamura. And um, this is a, he, the book is about the different um, vows or the different chants or the different um, things that we say 
the different, uh, I'm not sure, just the things that we say in the service um, and that are traditional Buddhist um, sayings that, so each chapter is about a different verse or about a different sutra or a different chant. And so the, the chapter that's about the verse of the robe um, was very helpful to me in preparing the talk. He really breaks it down much more finely than I did, but I really liked the, um, he, he's talking about the formless field. And he says, because it is formless, we cannot attach ourselves. We cannot grasp it. If we grasp this as the Buddhist teaching, as something important and hold on to it, we miss the point of the Buddhist teaching. Instead, we open our hands. This is the meaning of formlessness. So, thank you all for being willing to dive into this. Yeah, um, does anybody have anything particularly? We don't have a lot of time. I'm sorry, I kind of went over with this, but yeah, if somebody would like to share anything they discovered or thought or... Claudine has a hand up. Mm, yes. Do you hear me? Yeah. I want just to thank you because it was such a gift to dive into these verses and to really let the words come come deeply. And I I love this exercise very much. Good. Good. I'm glad. And I had a very strong feeling that the there is one free act that we do we decide to wear the to wear the robe as a as we take a vow we decide it and then afterwards it flows through us and mm -hmm. we have we haven't got to analyze we haven't got to 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 do things the thing itself is is doing it I, i'm mm -hmm. sorry for my english words but I hope you understand my intention. So thank you so much. Mm, that was lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah, I like that. Uh, can I say something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I do love this verse because it reminds me to, it, it expands my heart and my mind beyond my own parameters of my own habits. It reminds me to, to be aware and to actually wear the teachings, have them in in my heart, and I can be alongside others when I take on the teachings. As I'm, um, I'm not for or against. I'm able to be in the moment with the experiencing rather than present with ego or with all my stories or all my stuff. It reminds me to just wear them, and and to to have them in my heart. And and making a rakasu at the moment, like you really are wearing when you wear that robe. Once you've made it, I'm only in the beginnings of the process. 
but you really are wearing all that your mind and body you know it shows up everything that you are you know my um overwhelm can i do this my kind of oh my goodness I, i'm not a sewer and and you know am i going to take too long am i going to be able to do it in time and am i going to be able to do it perfect or not perfect it, it brings all the concerns and worries from our habits and our beliefs and and everything and uh, and do i really want to be sewing you know the preference you know <laughs> do i want to be doing something else rather it shows up and brings up everything so by the time we've actually made a rackers if i would imagine it's brought up everything that i am forward and you know and i will never forget everything and all the teachings it's brought to me it's already bringing so many teachings with your guidance Anne, and the classes the teachings that i'm taking in a, a just it's just amazing how much it's uncovering and how much is enfolding before me just making a rack or so so yeah. it really is um you know part of the whole teachings that we wear it yes physically but but i will wear it within me mm -hmm. i take it within me deeply yeah. so yes thank you for your for your teachings and it's really moving things through me and uh, this this verse in particular is is just something I carry with me every day mm. as, as a reminder. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I think we're gonna have to move on and do our service. So thank you.